Good evening, everyone. Let's go ahead and start uh, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful for another day, Lord, a time to get with you. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you just meet with us. Uh, Lord, help me to preach thy word that you've given me. Lord, may you speak to hearts. Lord, we pray if anyone's lost that you'll save them before it's ever too late. Uh, Lord, just encourage the man of uh, the children of God and help me to preach your word, Lord. We just ask and pray this all in Jesus' precious name. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Second Kings chapter number 17. Second Kings chapter number 17. Uh, it'll be good to get back soon, hopefully, uh, into the Lord's house. But uh, for now, uh, thank God that we have a way to get the message across uh, through Facebook. And uh, let's go ahead and, and start 2 Kings chapter 6. We're going to start here in verse number 8. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse number 8. Then the king of Syria warred against Israel and took counsel with the servants, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. The king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there, not once nor twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of the servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet is in Israel. Telleth the king of Israel the words which thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dotham. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. They came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, smite this people, I pray thee with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, this is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom ye seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass when they come to Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes, and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. The king of Israel said unto Elisha, when he saw them, my father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? And he answered, Thou shalt not smite them. Wouldest thou smite those 
whom thou hast taken captive with thy sword and with thy bow. Set bread and water before them that they may eat and drink and go to their master. And he prepared great provision for them. And when they had eaten and drunk, he sent them away and they went to their master. So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. I want to preach a message. Fear not, for God will provide. Fear not, for God will provide. Now this passage starts out by telling us that Syria and Israel were in a war. And this isn't the first time. You could go back uh, quite a few times that they had war between one another. And when we look at this, in verse number 9, it says, The man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither is the Syrians come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once nor twice. So here we see that Syria is drawing up plans to go after the king of Israel. And twice or a couple times we see that uh, what happened is God gave those plans to Elisha. And Elisha told the king of Israel what was going on. And it's interesting to note that the king listened to Elisha when it come to his safety, his personal safety. You know, he was concerned about, you know, dying. He listened to him then. But then when Elisha talks to him about his sin, he doesn't want to listen. And isn't that how the world is today? The world, you know, when, when people are in trouble, they'll, they'll, they'll come to the man of God and they'll ask for prayer for, you know, whatever they're going through uh, right now, you know, with this COVID-19. Of course, many people are, are fearful and, you know, they want to be prayer for safety. You know, I've, I've known people to go through troubled times and, and they ask for prayer, you know, for those times. But when it comes to their soul, you know, a lot of times when you want to talk to them about the salvation plan, they don't want to listen to you. They don't want to hear it. Uh, you know, it's it's funny that they'll they'll save themselves from death, but they won't save themselves from hell. And so it's important for us to bring that message to them. But here, you know, in our story, uh, you know, he's worried about his safety. And so when the man of God comes to him and tells him, don't go there, they're going to be after you, uh, he, he, he basically listened, he heeded to the man of God when it came to that. But as we see here in verse number 11, it says, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said to them, will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? I mean, the plan uh, that he had to get the king didn't work a couple times, so he thought that there was a spy. One of them had to be a spy for the king of Israel to find these things out. But then one of the servants tells him, listen, none of us are spies. It's the, it's the prophet, Elisha. He's the one that's telling the king of Israel about your plans and your plot. And so, you know, perhaps the servant had heard, if you just go back, uh, to chapter number five, the beginning of chapter number five, of course, Elisha heals Naaman, uh, who was a captain of the host of the king of Syria. He, he you know, basically was leprous and, and 
Elisha told him how to, you know, be healed. And so he knows word, I'm sure, got around to how powerful Elisha was. So then as we look at this, uh, uh, and he tells him about Elisha that, you know, it's, it's not one of us as a spy, uh, you know, it's Elijah. Elijah's the one. He's the man of God. And all of a sudden, the king of Syria decides that he's going to change his game plan. Now, instead of going after the king, he says, let's, let's go after Elisha. Find out where he's at. And so he basically sent people to find out where he was and to go capture him. Now, it's interesting here because I think if God knew your plans about going after the king of Israel, certainly he would warn Elisha about your plans to come after him. And so when we look at this, uh, you know, I, I do look at it as, you know, he was fearful uh, of the man of God because he doesn't just send one person or two persons. You know, he basically sends, uh, you know, a group of people, a troop. He, he sends them out there. Uh, notice it says there, that there came horses and chariots and a great host uh, in verse number 14. So here he is deciding, you know what? The important thing in order to get rid of Israel is not to go after the king now. It's not to go after their troops, but it was to go after the man of God. It was go after Elisha. And I look at this and I think of our nation that what's going to cause problems with our nation? It's going to be when people refuse to listen to the man of God. Now, God calls preachers and God gives them the word to preach. If I preach my own word and other preachers preach their own word, there's nothing good in that. But if we preach God's word, amen, that's what, that's what America needs right now. They need God's word. And you know what, as, as bad a situation as we're in, as I said this morning, you know what, this opens the door. Because now, uh, many preachers I know are using Facebook Live. They're getting uh, people to listen to them that would never come to a church house. And so isn't that wonderful to know that? And so, you know, the only hope we have is God. And so it's important that we get God's word out during this time. And so the Bible tells us that word gets back that Elisha is, is in Dotham. And when we look at this, this was a city about 12 miles north of Samaria, which was, of course, Samaria was the capital uh, of, you know, Israel at that time. And so when we look at this, Dotham means two wells. It's mentioned only one other time uh, in the Bible, and that's in Genesis 37. That is where Joseph's brother plotted against him and they were going to kill him. And so here we see that they were gonna kill the man of God in Dotham. And also we see that Joseph's brother were trying to kill him in Dotham, but both times, what happened? They weren't successful. Uh, the word Dotham means two wells. A well is a type of the Holy Spirit who leads us, who guides us and directs us. I want you to go to the book of John, John chapter number four. John chapter number four. 
And we, here we have Jesus uh, with the woman, at the, the Samaritan woman at the well. Now I want you to notice what Jesus said to her. John chapter number four. John chapter number four. And this is what's said in verse number 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto everlasting life. This was a picture of the Holy Spirit. When a person is saved, we're indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit of God indwells in us. Amen. We're sealed, the Bible says, until the day of redemption. The Spirit is there to guide us and direct us in the right path, in the right way. And so as we look at this, he's in this city and the king of Syria sends this whole troop, the whole army out to go after one man, Elisha. And I want you to notice that, you know what? No matter what, you can, you can put as many people as you want. Uh, if God has his man and God is using him and he's being obedient to him and God has a plan for him, that plan will not be stopped no matter how many people try to stop it. And so when we look at this, we, we brought up that verse, I think this morning, Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And here, as I said, Dotham is mentioned as a plot against the man of God. And of course, that doesn't transpire for the Syrians successfully. And so here in verse number 14, he sends horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots. And a servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? So the servant gets up early in the morning and maybe he's going to get the water from one of the wells. I don't know. But all we know is that he went out there and he saw the enemy and fear struck him. And so he comes back and it's just Elisha and the servant against that whole army. And all of a sudden that servant says to him, what are we going to do? We're surrounded by the enemy. And I want you to see what Elisha says to him. Elisha says here, fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And so here he's all panicking and, and doesn't know what they're going to do, fearful. And he comes and tells Elisha what's going on. And Elisha tells him, fear not, fear not. Why? For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And so 
he could see, he could see what the servant couldn't see. Elisha knew that God was in control. And so Elisha basically tells him, you're, you're, you're going on sight and you need to get your spiritual glasses on and see what's going on. Notice what it says here. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Now, God, as I said, is greater than any man. And faith enables us to see God's invisible army. And so it doesn't matter how many people are on the other side. If you're on the same side of God in the equation, this is, this is Bible math. If you're on God's side of the equation, you're in the majority. Doesn't matter how many people are there, you're in the majority. And so he's telling them, listen, you have nothing to fear. The Bible tells us in Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? And then Jesus said in Matthew chapter number 10, verse 28, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both body and soul in hell. And so the Bible tells us in verse number 17, as I said, and Elijah prayed. When you see a problem, the best way to take care of the problem is get on your knees. I heard one man of God say this. He said, the two best ways to use speech was number one, to pray, and number two, to worship. And so he asked, Elisha is asking God, open his eyes so that he may see. Now, he, he could see physically, but he was talking about his spiritual eyes. Remember, God is in the miracle business. And notice it says the man's, behold, the man was, mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. So here, all of a sudden he, he opens his eyes to be able to see what is going on. And you know what? Elijah prayed for him to see God's army and he saw. Now I want you to notice here, when was God's army there? When were they there? After Elijah prayed? No, they were already there. They were there before Elisha prayed, amen? And so when we look at this, you know, the Bible tells us in Philippians 4, 19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, amen? The fact we face problems, we need to have that spiritual eyesight to to know and believe that God's going to take care of us. He's going to take care of everything. Now, just think about this. When Abraham was taking his son Isaac up Mount Moriah, he was going up one side. At the same time, God was sending a ram up on the backside. And remember, Isaac said to his father, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? 
And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And he did. Amen. So while that was going on, while he was by faith taking his son up there, and, and the Bible tells us that he believed that if if he sacrificed his son, that God was going to raise him back up. Uh, that's talked about in Hebrews chapter 11. That was his mentality. He thought, you know what? Uh, he, he told the other servants, you stay here. Uh, me and the lad are going up yonder to worship, and we're going to come back. So he believed with all his heart that if God told him to sacrifice his son and he said that was the promised son and that promised son hadn't had any children yet, he believed with all his heart that God was going to bring his son back up. But what, what he did instead is he provided a substitute. Amen. That ram caught in the thicket. And so we see a lot of times that God provides for us. He has it there already waiting on us. And that's what he did here. He, he had, God had his army there. They were waiting already for the enemy. And so no matter what happens, God will supply your need. Elijah prayed for something unusual for, from God. He asked him to blind those people. Now he didn't ask them to kill them. He said, blind them. And so when we get there in verse number 20, he says, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. Now here he's brought them from Dotham where they were. He brings them down to Samaria. And so they can't, they, they can't see because they were uh, smitten with blindness. Verse number 18, smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Elisha said unto them, this is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me and I will bring you to the man whom you seek but he led them to Samaria. So now God smites them with blindness. Uh, apparently they can't see that it's Elisha and Elisha says, hey, I'll, I'll take you. And he takes them back to Samaria. So you're talking about 12 miles. He takes them on a trip. It takes them 12 miles. And then when he gets there, the Bible tells us that, you know, their eyes are open. Elisha prays, you know, Lord, let them see. And so the Bible tells us here, um, and it came to pass, verse 20, that we read when they come to Samaria, that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. And immediately, look what the king of Israel says. It says, my father, now, now here he's being, uh, kind of reverential to Elisha. Now, he didn't want to hear Elisha talk about his sin, but Elisha saved him, and now all of a sudden he's being nice to him. He's being kind to him. And he says here, my father, shall I smite them? Shall I smite them? He was chomping at the bit to kill every one of them. But notice what Elisha says. Elisha says here, thou shall not smite them. Wouldst thou smite those whom thou hast taken captive with a sword and with thy bow? set bread and water before them that he may eat and drink and go to their master. So instead of killing them, Elisha tells them to feed them and let them go back to Syria. Now, Elisha displayed true Christianity. I want you to look, go to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter number five, Matthew chapter number five. And we're gonna look here in verse... 
number 43, Matthew chapter 5, verse 43. And this is what Jesus said. Jesus says, Ye have heard that hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemies. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same? And if ye salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans do? Be therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven is perfect. So here Jesus says we're to love our enemies. Up to that time, that wasn't taught. And Jesus teaches them, hey, listen, you need to love your enemies. And let's go to the book of Proverbs. I want you to see this. Proverbs chapter number 25. Proverbs chapter number 25. Proverbs chapter number 25. We're going to look at two verses here. This is what Solomon had to say. Verse 21 says, If thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. For thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. Kindness shown to an enemy will bring shame to him, and will bring a blessing to the benefactor. And so when we look at this, he's saying, if thine enemy be hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he be thirsty, give him water to drink. And then the next verse says, for thou shalt heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord shall reward thee. Now, I looked up that coals of fire, and it was uh, basically to kindle shame on an enemy. Now, in Egyptian ritual, a guilty person carried a pan of burning coals on his head to indicate his repentance. So when we look at this and see that, you know what? Elisha spared the enemy. He showed mercy to them. Now let's go back to Matthew chapter number five. Matthew chapter number five. Here we have, of course, the Beatitudes. And the Lord said in verse seven, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. Now justice was the heart and soul of the law, but mercy is the heart and soul of the gospel. And he says, blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. One man said this, he said, he who shows no mercy destroys the bridge over which he himself must pass. And so when we look at this and see here that Elijah, instead of killing them, feeds them and sends them back. And during that time, notice it, it wasn't just a little food. He said he prepared great provision for them. It was a meal. And, and back then you had meals to kind of uh, make peace with one another. And so he sends them back. And it's interesting to note, he sends them back. And all of a sudden we, we look here and it gives us this. He sent them away and they went to their master 
So the bands of Syria came no more into the land of Israel. The story ends telling us that the king of Syria came no more to the land of Israel. Now, why is that? What is the reason? Well, I believe that's why Elisha spared these men. Elijah wanted to show mercy on them and send them back so they could tell how the Lord, how God himself took care of the problem. They showed the power of God to these men and sent them home to where they told the king what happened. And I believe the king was fearful then and wouldn't have nothing to do with Israel. He wasn't about to go to battle with them again because the power of God that was witnessed, how God supplied their need. And so remember, child of God, fear not, for God will provide for us. He takes care of us. We never have to worry, amen? He always takes care of us. And so the thing is, people need to see that in our lives. Uh, Elisha was, just think about this, one person. Elisha was one person. And his witness changed the thought process of a whole nation. And when we look at that and see that, you know what? God has us as witnesses. We're witnesses for him. And so we need to show this world, listen, we need to love our enemies. That is a command from Jesus himself. He said, love your enemies. Amen? And so we as God's children need to love our enemies. And during times like this, you know, I can remember a lot of times that once I got saved, that some of the people that laughed and made fun of me, uh, you know, calling me a preacher and all kinds of things, they, they made fun of it and joked about it. I wasn't mean back to them. I tried to pray for them. And then there came a time when something happened in their lives that really worried them. And they would ask me, would you pray for me? I'd say, sure, I will. You know what? That's being a witness. If I would have sit there and said, I'm not praying for you the way you treat me, how would that have looked? So it's important for us as, as the children of God to act like it. Amen? Take the command what Christ has told us. Love our enemies. Pray for them. Amen? Because in the end, God gets the glory. God bless you.